Okay, good evening, beloved. Um, so today I'm going to talk about uh, we, we being a new creation. Okay, and um, for those who are watching us online, I have a little link below this video. And then if you click on the link, it's going to open up into a PDF file with all the scripture references in it. So you can go through them. Um, <clears throat> so I had a dream uh, when beloved uh, started. Okay, and in that God showed me uh, just by repetition, just by repetition, I was saying the same thing. There's really just one message that Paul preached and the mystery of the ages and everything. Okay. Uh, and uh, Paul says that if the devil knew what he was doing, he wouldn't have crucified. Okay. But what is the biggest mystery? And that mystery is Christ in me. Christ in me. And uh, that's what we're waking up to. So every message at the end of it will point out the Christ in you. Okay. And uh, I had a dream in which just through repetition, just through repetition, everyone beloved was getting perfected. And, uh, you know, uh, the Bible talks about, uh, I think it's in Corinthians, where the fivefold ministry and all the ministry the fivefold has to do is so that we come to the unity of faith to the perfect man, to the head, okay, which is Christ. And so we're just waking up to who we are. So before I begin with your new creation, I want us to just understand uh, something very quickly, okay? And so I've shared this in previous sermons of mine as well. So each of you who's watching, Okay, we were in Christ before the foundation of the world. And our carnal mind cannot understand that, but it doesn't need to. Okay, so each of you, we were in Christ before the foundation of the world. That's what it says. And there at a certain time that seed in you was quickened and you woke up to that you're a son. Someone came and told you something, it resonated with you and boom, that seed popped and you know, you're, you're waking up to the consciousness of you're a son. So when God made Adam, he breathed his life into it. Adam was supposed to partake not of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. He was supposed to eat out of any tree. Okay. And because he didn't begin his journey with God by faith, he partook of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. He came into another realm. I've discussed, you know, if you want to watch this, uh, the sermon on I am resurrection. In that, I talk about how Adam's eyes, he had eyes that were open. Uh, just a minute. Okay. That word when he saw Eve and that she was naked. Okay. Uh, and he, they were not ashamed. That word says Erom. And after the fall, it says, sorry, I think it says Erom. And after the fall, that same, when he sees Eve, it, the word changes to Erom. So when he saw Eve for the first time, he saw her as whole and complete, nothing lacking. It was almost like one eye was open and he couldn't see. Even if he wanted to, he couldn't see, he saw her complete. And after the fall, that same word for naked changes and it becomes Erom. And now all he could see was barrenness and nakedness. So literally his one eye shut and another eye opened. It says, from one kingdom, we came out and we came into another kingdom. Before the fall, it was spirit, soul, body. The spirit was in dominion. That's why Adam called certain animals and so were they. Those things got their definition from what, what he spoke. He had dominion. And after the fall, this, your spirit died. That's why we were dead, spiritually dead. And the flesh started governing. Our soul, because we partook of the tree of knowledge of evil, that is what got completely destroyed. And then the flesh started dictating. That's why we came into a realm where if you saw certain things, so it was. And flesh started governing. Like creation started ruling the creator. COVID will rule, uh, will rule the, the creation. Uh, creation started ru ru ruling the creator. Okay. And then the father sends Jesus. And through his blood, blood, the lost sons of Adam are coming back. So what part of you got born again? When you got born again. The minute you said, Jesus, you're the one. Yes, you got it. He's your father. You came into the kingdom. Your spirit man got born again. 
So your spirit is completely one with it. And what part of you is getting adopted and saved is your soul. Because this soul was destroyed by the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And now the spirit of man, the Holy Spirit has become one spirit with you, has come back into dominion. And guess what he's doing? He's going to renew that soul of yours. That was destroyed by the devil, was destroyed by the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And now he's feeding lime. And he's feeding his new truths there. And now he's telling you from the law of the tree of life. That's why you're in another law. So all your life you've heard, you know, we, we went to schools and we, our teachers told us certain things. The science of this world told us certain things and they're all true. They're all true, but for another realm. Not for you and me, not for sons of God. They can be true for human beings, but not for sons. Okay. And so even as you're allowing your soul to get adopted, that means to come under dominion of your spirit man. That's what's happening on this earth as you're living. Even as you renew your mind, as you're co-laboring with the Holy Spirit, who's bringing you back into oneness with the Father. That divided, that separated mind of yours. He's bringing you back into oneness. Okay, and the, to the degree you're coming back into oneness, to, to that measure, you're going to see resurrection life flow out in things. Okay, and that's what beloved is. And so as a son, we're going to just begin. I'm going to read a few verses. Let's get right into the word now. And we'll see how we go with it. Okay, so I'm just going to read... Uh, John, the Gospel of John, chapter 4, verse 23. And this is Jesus, okay? Uh, <clears throat> uh, talking to the woman by the well. The, uh, the woman by the well, okay? But the hour is coming, and now is, he's telling her, when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. In spirit, and then he calls spirit truth. Can you see he's putting both together? The true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and that means spirit is true. Okay, in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. Now God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. God is spirit. Now I'll tell you why you and I are not flesh but we are spiritual beings. Our identity, when I say identity and identity continuously keep saying that means when you look into the mirror you're not going to see yourself in the flesh anymore you're going to call yourself a spiritual being if you, if you call yourself human you'll have human results if you call yourself a spirit just like your father you're going to have spiritual results okay god is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth now look at john 3 this is god jesus telling nicodemus okay there was a man of the pharisees called nicodemus a ruler of the jews this man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God and no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Unless God is with him. Are you doing all of these signs today? The same things like Jesus? And that's true because God is with you. God is in you. Okay. Jesus answered and said to him, most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Just meditate on this verse. Unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. He cannot see the kingdom of God. He cannot see the kingdom of God. Okay. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. How are you going to 
get hold of all the spiritual things that are for you once you start seeing yourself and make peace with you then you're not a human anymore you're you're not relating yourself to the flesh anymore you're a spiritual being god is spirit deep down that identity of carnality has to come out that adam fell into that he he started defining everything by sight that's why he was only supposed to go with god god said don't take up the tree he was only he was supposed to begin his journey with the father by faith but he went into reason and logic he processed something and then he fell into a carnal realm and that's what we're coming out of okay so look at this how can a man be born again can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born jesus answered most assuredly i say to you unless one is born of water and of spirit he cannot enter the kingdom of god now see this that which is born of the flesh is flesh and that which is born of the spirit is spirit that which is born of the flesh is flesh and that which is born of the spirit is spirit i want you to remember these because when we look into romans and when it says you're not in the flesh but in the spirit then you'll understand what god means when he wants you to look at don't run after your identity and everything you do by what you see we come out of a sense realm driven realm and we are establishing ourselves as spiritual beings that which is born of flesh is flesh and that which is born of spirit is spirit do not marvel that i said to you you must be born again the wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes so is everyone who is born of the spirit so is everyone who is born of the spirit now what is it saying 1 corinthians 6 but he who is joined to the lord is one spirit with him the minute you got born again your spirit and his spirit became one spirit there are no two spirits there's one spirit okay now look at this let's read 1 corinthians 2 this paul is talking okay however we speak wisdom among those who are mature yet not the wisdom of this age nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing but we speak the wisdom of god in a mystery the hidden wisdom which god ordained before the ages for our glory which none of the rulers of this age knew for had they known they would have not crucified the lord of glory but as it is written now look at this i has not seen nor ear heard nor has entered into the heart of man the things which god has prepared for those who love him but god has revealed them to us what has he revealed to us the things which god has prepared for us the things which god has prepared for us the inheritance that he wants you and i to have today okay how is he revealing it to us he is revealing revealing it to us through his spirit okay for the spirit searches all things yes the deep things of god for what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of man which is in him even so no one knows the things of god except the spirit of god now we have received not the spirit of the world that means there is a spirit of the world there is a spirit of the world okay but it says that we have not received the spirit of the world but the spirit who is from god that we might know the things that have been freely given to us these things we also speak not in words which man's wisdom teaches not in words which man's wisdom teaches but which the holy spirit teaches comparing spiritual things with spiritual that's why i want you to say i am a spiritual being i am a life giving spirit up until you see yourself in the flesh you'll talk with other you know we call us as sons because when the father looks at us there is no mention of christian in the bible 
maybe one or two places and the re the word christian came about as a mockery word because they were doing the same things like christ and so mocking them they started calling them christians as in christ like the same things like if you know if you're in the college like xavier they call you xavierite if you're in you know whichever uh, college you are and how you get that, get a word from the college right so similarly they were doing the same things like Christ, like christ and so so they call them christians but when the father looks at you he's just calling you a son he doesn't call you a christian he just calls you a son okay and so look at this these things we also speak not in words which man's wisdom teaches but which the holy spirit teaches comparing spiritual things with spiritual but the natural man a natural man does not receive the things of the spirit of god because they are foolishness to him because a natural man the minute adam fell that means a carnal man goes by what he sees if you live your life dominated by your five senses that entire life and if you look at your flesh and get your identity from the flesh and read you know your other series on um, i am which i've done if 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 you get your identity from the flesh you're completely defeated the devil is going to slap you in out today we're talking about getting established i even did a series on getting established with righteousness do you know why righteousness is so important like sonship new creation and all of this you will start reigning in life you become an untouchable sickness can't have any hold on you you're not having poverty everything everything is getting just it's not even touching you because you're getting established in righteousness and the devil wants you to be obsessed with sin sin consciousness the more you wake up to righteousness relax trust me the fruit of righteousness leads to holiness you know and why you will lead a holy life is because it's a fruit because everything in your nature is just like your father you're born of the seed of god now okay and that's the truth and trust me the more uh, there are this, a lot of testimonies within beloved as well but i don't want to go there right now okay it's uh, so look at this but the natural man does not receive the things of the spirit of god because they are foolishness to him nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned but he who is spiritual judges all things yet he himself is rightly judged by no one for who has known the mind of the lord that he may instruct him but you and i but we have the mind of christ okay and that's why your soul is getting coming into the mind of christ galatians 2:20 and again and again and again so we talked about jesus says that unless you get born again okay you can't enter the kingdom of god okay and then he talks about being born of the spirit and now you and i have got born of the spirit and so now we are born again and we are absolutely one spirit with him now look at this galatians 2:20 I have been crucified with Christ it is no longer I who live but Christ lives in me and the life which I now live in the flesh that means in the flesh I live by the faith of the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me I do not set aside the grace of God for if righteousness comes through the law then Christ died in vain now I'm I'm reading passion translation again I've done this in the last service as well my own identity has been co-crucified with the messiah and no longer lives for the nails of his cross crucified me with him and now the essence of this new life is no longer mine for the anointed one lives his life through me we live in union as one we live in union as one my new life is empowered by the faith of the son of god in me of the son of god who loves me so much that he gave himself for me and dispenses his life into mine 
I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. I live in union with God. You live in union with God. It's no longer you. So the Old Testament was God and man. And they had faith towards God. And everything was like this. And now as a son, the minute you got born again, you've come, become one. And now it's no longer your faith. It's all Christ in you doing everything. So it's no longer you looking to God. It's him in you doing everything. So you think suddenly people came to Beloved. They, there were some who had an alcoholism addiction. Some who had a, had a smoking addiction for years. 10 years and without withdrawal symptoms, suddenly things just disappear. It's because they just came into sonship. They just knew that you have one heart. In Ezekiel it says, I will give them one heart, a new heart. My heart, I will write down. It's all Christ in you. And the more you start trusting yourself, trust me, he has more faith in you than you have in yourself sometimes. Okay? The more you start seeing yourself as one with him, not separated. Your mind got separated. The minute Adam, Adam partook of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, the mind was divided. He went into separation. The soul got destroyed. And now you're coming back into unity. And what is that one that always keeps dividing? It's your mind. Your soul. And that's what's coming into oneness. And how, how does oneness flow out of you? First start believing your oneness just because the word says so. So now you look at the word and says, oh, but I had these things and you know, it doesn't look like I'm one with him. I did all of these things. Start come to the point back. I'm one with him because the word says so. He is joined to the Lord. It's one spirit with him. I have been crucified with Christ. My flesh has been crucified with Christ. You believe there, you start speaking it. I believe unto righteousness and my mouth speaks unto salvation. Right? And that's what you start doing. And you start realizing, even as you're getting that, that, that separated mind of yours, that soul into oneness, everything starts shifting in your life. So how come this guy's smoking addiction just went away without any withdrawal symptoms? Because the minute he came into the kingdom, no one ever told him he's separated. He's one with him. It's all Christ in you. You have one heart. And so this guy just believes it. He's like, yeah, I have one heart. Suddenly he comes the next day. He's saying, you know, you'll be surprised. I had like 10 years I was an addict. For smoking but everything has disappeared I have no desire and I have I don't even have withdrawal symptoms how does that happen because no one told him to get there he began with being there a son established in his blood relationship with the father okay look at that 2 Corinthians 5 this is you and me 517 therefore if anyone is in Christ are you and me in Christ we are in Christ he is a new creation, a new species. That means a species like you and me never ever existed before. So, so basically God made certain things. God made the sun, the moon, the stars and everything. And then 2000 years later after the cross, a new creation. Okay. He is a new creation. All things have passed away. Whatever old things you've had, your experiences, the cycles that you've been in, the bloodline that you've been in, all things have passed away. All things have become new. All things. So you think your mother had the sickness, your father had the sickness, I know it should come to you. That they always had these accidents and they had these accidents and every time this one keeps dying, that one keeps dying. They are cycles and patterns. But you came out of all these cycles and patterns, you came out of this realm of the tree of knowledge of good and evil that leads to death. And he put you into the realm of life, into his son, into the kingdom. And now all things are new and all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. 
That's why as the father going and saying, come home, sons. The cross is the ministry of reconciliation when you look at him. It's the father, the, Jesus being the way to bring the lost son back home. Okay? That God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses. That means their sins to them and has committed to us, to you and me, the word of reconciliation. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God was were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Come back home, sons. For he made him, that is Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for us, that you and me can become the righteousness of God in him. Righteousness of God means becoming back to innocence. Innocent. Blameless. Holy. Righteousness means there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with you. That's what being established in righteousness means. And everything comes to tell you, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're this, you're that. And where does it come from? This flesh. You look at the flesh and you keep your eyes on the flesh, you will do things of the flesh. And you will, it will lead to death. Because the law of sin and death is in the, is, is in the flesh. That's why Paul says, if you run after the flesh, my God, who's going to set us free? Therefore, now there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ. We do not get our identity from the flesh. Okay? The more you get established in your spiritual identity, where the Father says you are, trust me, deep down, you don't want to do those things anyway. But now you can dictate and dominate and rule over your flesh. Even as you get established by your blood relationship with the Father. Once you know you're a son by blood, trust me, you're an untouchable. No sickness can touch you. Nothing can do. And what do I mean by knowing that you're established in his blood? Is because condemnation comes in by what you do in the flesh. The more you get secure in your blood relationship, like I said, King William, Prince William will inherit all things, not because he's bad or good, just because he's the son of his blood. And the more he's secure in that, he, the only way he can miss his inheritance is someone goes and tells him he has to own it. But he is a son of his blood. He will receive all things. He forgets that he's a son, he won't inherit. You're a son of his blood. And the more you are secure in your blood relationship, you'll receive all things effortlessly. The more you know you're a son of his blood, you will act like the son of his blood. You will walk like the son of his blood. Because everything in you is just like your father. You've got his art. You've got his nature. Trust me, you're sons of God. You are just like God. You're just like your father. Someone has to pull you in the flesh and give you a wrong identity and tell you you're a sinner. And the more someone tells you you're a sinner, you'll act like a sinner, you'll do stupid things. But the more you get established in righteousness, you're a son of his blood. Remind that person, they get established. Now no sickness can touch them because there's no condemnation in the heart. You receive effortlessly, the Holy Spirit can flow through you, in you. Okay? <clears throat> Let's go ahead. Look at this. Uh, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 45. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. So when God made him from the, from the dust, it says he breathed life into him. Okay? He became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. We are life-giving spirits because we are born from above. Born again, to be born again means born from above. So your bloodline got cut off. Your umbilical cord is over with your mother or your father's side. Your umbilical cord is from your heavenly father. As he is, so are you in this world. So, 
So it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. That means everything in me will give life. Does it say a death-giving spirit? I'm a life-giving spirit. That means everything in me has life. Resurrection life is in me. That's why no sickness can be in me. Trust me, you know, it's not a problem of God not answering your prayers. It's not that at all. In the kingdom, it doesn't work like that. It's because no one even taught the sons. They got born again and no one fed them life-giving spirit, identity, sonship. And that's why you saw death. The more you're waking up to who you are, getting fed, you're coming out, your soul is getting transformed. Because where does death come from? The tree of knowledge of good and evil. That means good also leads to death. The fruit is death. And so how does death come about? Is when you've heard the, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. It leads to death. And now you're coming into the law of life. It's Christ in you. You died. It's all Christ in you. And the more this mind of yours is now coming into oneness with your unity with the Father. All things are flowing through that union. And the life of the wine is flowing in the branch. That's why you go to sleep. I choose not to worry. I make a decision about certain things. It's because Jesus didn't worry. He told me not to worry because you have a heavenly father. And so even as I go to sleep and when worry comes, I take it like a bat and I let it go because it comes to trap me. And then I take, I just disconnect and I choose not to. I walk away because a son doesn't need to worry. Cast all your cares because he cares for you. No, no, no. I'm not going to run out of this care. I disconnect. Do you know that resurrection life goes out of me and fixes the very thing that needs to be fixed? Do that right now. Don't run after the care. In fact, run away. Rest because your life is completely fixed. You're a life-giving spirit. If I'm a life-giving spirit, I can only be a life-giving spirit when everything about my life is fixed. So everything comes to tell me it's not fixed. You need to run after it to do something. And then I hold my position. It's already fixed. Now, I might do certain things in wisdom and the Holy Spirit might lead me. But I do it as a position of a life-giving spirit and not as someone who needs to run after to fix something. I'm not the same. I'm not trying to save something because I am the savior. Imagine Jesus running after trying to fix his problems. The last thing he has, he doesn't have any problems because it says that his life is already, everything about him is governed by the father. That's why he says, when Pontius Pilate is standing in front of him, he says, don't you know that I have power over you? And then Jesus very confidently tells him, he's saying, you have no power over me unless it's been given to you from above. Okay, Jesus is walking about and it says no one could lay a hand on him because his time is not yet come. Then Jesus says, go for the, you know, the, the supper is prepared. He just tells his disciples where to go, what to do. There'll be a donkey, just go. You'll meet a guy with a pot on his head, just follow him. His whole life is governed and tailor-made. It's because he's coming to the kingdom. And you and I are coming to a kingdom and the devil keeps giving you a thought that you're still an orphan, that you need to do something. And then you wonder why these things didn't shift. It's because no one ever fed you you think you got born again and that's it. And now Jesus should just do everything and why are things not happening? No, no, no. The minute you come into the kingdom, guess what? The Holy Spirit has come in you now to do something. That soul of yours that was destroyed by the tree of knowledge of good and evil, he's coming there and redeeming that. He's saving that. That's the part that's getting adopted. He's bringing it into oneness. And that's when your, your part and my part is to believe. And you're not, it's, and the funny thing is, it's not going to go by your carnal sense. It's not going to make sense to your natural man. It's going to be foolishness. But the spiritual man, if you're a spiritual man, which you and I are, that's why it says to be spiritually minded will give life and peace. Means what? 
I only go by what the father says. So now this word is spirit. And it is true. He's calling this a reality. And then that means that this is a reality that everything that I'm seeing is illusion. And even as you relax and rest, you'll see those things bow down to you. I can't tell you, I have so many testimonies about it, that the kingdom of God is so real. It's so real and I've lived my life in it. And whatever I'm sharing with you is not just something with head knowledge. I've walked it. I'm telling you diseases and things that spring up. If you train, if you have learned to train yourself, that's why it talks about pulling down thoughts and casting down imaginations and all. There's a, there's a work that the Holy Spirit is doing. He's bringing you out of the carnal realm into being spiritually dominated. That means the word is spirit. So I am born of the spirit and he calls spirit is truth. That means what God is telling me is true. That means this is a lie. I have seen Rumatarathrite has just disappear out of me. Even as I rested. Now I could have been in a place, God, why did you allow this? He's like, you've been sleeping the longest time. It's time to wake up. Who do you think the Holy Spirit in you has been given for? To convict you of righteousness. That means in that time, tell me who I am. Shut your eyes. Start opening your spiritual eyes. And that's what's happening. My soul is getting saved. And even as my mind, my soul came into oneness that it's not in my nature. And I just took it to the cross. That's it. All the resurrection life came out of me and not falling sick for 10 years. Okay. There's a, there's, there, the minute you become a son, guess what? The Holy Spirit is just training you, training you into oneness. Okay. And so it's no more why God, it's how God, how are we going to do this? How are we going to overcome? How are we going to fix this? And with God, it is always victory. Always know that. He who is born of God overcomes the world. And how does he overcome? By your faith. It's his faith in you. That means you just take the word. What did I say the faith is when you look at faith? When I did the series on faith, his faith. It says faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And then it says by faith, we believe that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So what is faith? The word. Believing the word is faith. You and I are born of the word. You're born of the word. That's why I'm saying you don't have to struggle to be the word. Everything in you is just like the father. And the more you wake up to your unity with the father, trust me, the butterfly only wants to sit on pollen. Not on poop. Flies want to sit on poop. Not butterflies. And the more I tell you you're a butterfly, even if a butterfly goes and sits on poop, I won't give you a mixed split identity or you become a fly. You just need to be reminded you're a butterfly because you are one. You became a new creation. You're no more a fly. Okay? Look at this. 1 Corinthians 15. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. However, the spiritual is not first, but the natural and afterward the spiritual. The first man was of the earth, that is Adam, made of dust. The second man, that is Jesus, the Lord, from heaven. As was the man of dust, so also are those who are made of dust. And as is the heavenly man, so are those who are heavenly. So are those who are heavenly. If you read John 17, where Jesus clearly states, I am in this world, I am not of the world. Then he says, they are in this world, they are also not of this world. So can you and I boldly say we are in this world, but we are not of this world. Just like Jesus, Jesus said, I am not from here, I am from above. Even I say that I am not from here, I am from above. Okay, <clears throat> Romans 8. Uh, and as we have, sorry, I'm just going to finish that. And as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we should also bear the image of the heavenly man. 
but it begins right here. Romans 8. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be, who he? Jesus. That he might be the firstborn. So Jesus is the firstborn again. Who's the firstborn again? Jesus. Firstborn again from the dead. Firstborn again. But it says, he might be the firstborn among many brethren. That means there are more now to come. So guess what? Jesus was born of the seed, the Holy Spirit, correct? Comes through a virgin birth and now he's born. Now, so are you. We are born of the incorruptible seed. We are also born like that only. No different. Now, if you go and stand in front of the mirror and start seeing yourself in the flesh as a human being, the natural man cannot receive the things of God because they are foolishness to him. But how do you receive them? Being spiritually minded, discerning spiritual things by spiritual things. We have the mind of Christ. So how are you going to receive? The more you come out of your sense and start seeing yourself just by the word. So you're closing your natural eye and you're opening your spiritual eye. The eye that Adam had before the fall. Okay? <clears throat> That's why the Bible, Paul's entire tone in the Gospels is wake up, wake up, wake up. Even when he's telling them, you know, these are the works of the flesh. And then he compare the works of the spirit. And then he'll say, you're doing these things, these things. Don't you know that the sons don't inherit? When you were living in the world, these people don't inherit the kingdom of God. But then he will say, but you are not like these. Now you've been crucified. Your flesh has been crucified. So his tone is not about condemnation. It's about wake up. These are not the things. This is not you. This is not in our nature anymore. And he's just waking that person up. Okay. Now look at this. So he is the firstborn again among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, that means Jesus, whom he predestined, that is you and I, these he also called. Whom he called, these he also justified. What is the meaning of justified? I made you right. Justified, that means justification for life. That's what the gospel is. That means I don't care what it is in the flesh. The reason why I choose to have victory in this area and life and to have a good report is because my relationship with the Father is now by blood, the blood of Christ. That's your justification point. Not by what you've done, not by how many times you've been to church, not by how many times you missed it. Is the reason why you can afford and why you should have every spiritual blessing is just because you're a son of his blood. That's it. And the more you're getting secure in that, the more you're getting secure in that, trust me, you're not running after inheritance. Inheritance follows a son. William doesn't get up in the morning and think of how he'll claim his inheritance. It's his by blood. And that's why Jesus died so that you can have an inheritance. The inheritance comes after someone dies. Jesus had to die so that you and I become sons and now we get to inherit all things. We're joined heirs with him. A slave can't inherit. Only a son can inherit. And that's why people don't and they struggle is because deep down they're coming out of a mind of slavery into the mind of a son. And the more you're waking up, by default, all the inheritance is getting added to the son. When God was pulling Egypt, Israel out of Egypt, in the wilderness, all he was doing was training them to live by the word. That's why it was about them eating the manna on certain days and not eating the manna. And uh, oh, strike this rock and this will happen and then go here, do that. All of it was just foolish things to the man. But God was just training him to live by his word. Throughout the... Throughout in the Bible, when you read about, you know, Joshua and all of them just going around Jericho and all of it, just at his word, they have to do things. 
Why? Training you to live by the word. Because that's how the kingdom of God is. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. I live just by the word. Say that. I live just by the word. I'm a spiritual being. If my father says it, then so it is. If you take down those thoughts that come into you, in the first five minutes, you've already won things. It's because we forget and then you have to be in a process and then he has to bail you out and things like that, okay? But seriously, you can be at a place of being an untouchable if you learn to just pull down thoughts. The minute they come and you take them down and bring them to the obedience of Christ in you, that means it's finished. And you remind yourself you're a son. There is so much power, trust me. Uh, you're not blowing out fires anymore. Okay? That mind of yours, that's, that soul is getting adopted. It's coming into conformity of, this, of the Christ man in you. Okay, let's uh, read ahead. Let me just read ahead and I'm going to share more. Uh, those he called, he also justified. Whom he justified, these he also glorified. That's what Jesus said, right? We, we read in Hebrews last time. It said that uh, God is calling the lost sons into glory, back into glory. And that's why in John, he says, the glory that they lost, I'm going to give them back the glory. The same glory that I had. That's what Jesus is doing for you. Romans 5.12 Therefore, just as through one man, sin entered the world and death through sin. So why does death come about? Because of sin. Okay? And thus death spread to all men because all sin. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who is a type of him who was to come. But the free gift is not like the offense of Adam, who is a type of... Sorry, but the free gift is not like the offense. For if by the one man's offense, many died, okay, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. And the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned. Now look at this. For the judgment which came from one offense resulted in condemnation. A condemned heart. You know, the Bible says a condemned heart cannot receive from the Father. That's why it says in Hebrew, has have boldness now. We have boldness to enter the throne of his grace by his blood. That's why the veil was torn. And what is the veil? His flesh. That's why Jesus had to be condemned in the flesh. He had to go through in the flesh. Why? So that you and I can never get holy in the flesh. That's why Jesus had to, had to go and live that perfect life in the flesh. So that you and I can receive. That's why it's righteousness by faith. And you have to humble yourself to receive that. To receive that. And the more, trust me, you're bringing a lot of honor to your father by receiving the free gift of righteousness. Righteousness by faith. By Christ. Okay, that you become a son of his blood. Uh, look at this. <clears throat> okay, and the gift is not like the offense that came through the one who sinned. For the judgment which came from one offense resulted in condemnation, but the free gift which came from many offenses resulted in justification for life. For if by one man's offense, death reigned through the one, much more those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness righteousness. That's why sometimes you can think you know righteousness and you're still condemned. You're still condemned. And righteousness is it's nothing but every time something comes to attack you and disqualify you. You remind yourself you're a son of his blood. But I'm the son of his blood. But you did this and you ate this and everything and now you deserve this sickness. But I'm a son of his blood. 
you're an untouchable you're getting established and trust me from that point you can deal with the things in the flesh certain desires might change and you may not want to eat certain foods because you know god will change change you he gives you wisdom the spirit of wisdom is also they're not a slave to food anymore okay anything that makes you a slave to it is not of god you're not a slave you don't need food anymore that's why we have communion bread and wine he said if you eat this this is my real food okay that's why we do so much of fasting in beloved also it's because we're coming like i don't need food doesn't give me life the spirit my life comes now from the spirit human beings eat food but for me my life comes from the spirit i eat little i choose to eat where i want to eat i'm not in the patterns and cycles of breakfast lunch dinner who said you eat three times a day you need one meal or you can skip a day coming out of cycles and patterns that this world is in but i'm not sucked into this i am a son okay look at this and so for if by one man's offense death reigns through the one much more those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness guess what's going to happen will reign in life that means here you begin start reigning here will reign in life through the one jesus christ so was sickness coming to me for the longest time yes i was not reigning over it and then i stopped saying why god and i started saying how and then i started opening the word and started getting this divided mind of mine that separated soul of mine that was just believing from the from google and from the tree of knowledge of good and evil and everything that was fed i started removing all of those lies lies and now co-laboring with the holy spirit picked up the truth and started feeding new life here and even as i got this soul into oneness i started believing that's what it means that your soul is getting adopted getting transformed to the image of a spirit man in you all that resurrection life started establishing okay and guess what you're reigning in life now you're not going from preacher after preacher to lay hands on you it's not in your nature to fall sick that's how you 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 become but you co labor with the holy spirit the holy spirit can't give you wisdom to pop some pills and that's okay you grow in your your nature as a son submit to the holy spirit in you what he's doing in you okay therefore as as through one man offense one man's offense judgment came to all men resulting in condemnation even so one man's righteous act the free gift came to all men resulting in justification for life what does it mean justification for life jesus said i have come that they might have life that means life means no death no death no death death what does death mean what does death mean in in your relationships in finances in in any area what does death mean sometimes it's not even physical it just means death that means decay that means there's no life there is no life and jesus came and said that i have life i've come to give them life and life in abundance not even just life life in abundance and even as you're waking up to that truth he is coming and giving me life and life in abundance you know you know you know the teaching on the seed and the trial the minute you come and take on an identity as a son you get tried because this realm is it, it's it's funny how this works like if you don't have any problems die and go but if you are here and you're getting conformed to the image of the son in you the minute you take on an identity the minute i took on an identity i can't lose anything i started losing things left right and center okay and then but i didn't let it tell me who i am i still chose to believe i'm a son and it's not in my nature to lose and the minute i didn't let creation change my mind about who i am suddenly all things started coming back and now it's not in my nature to lose 
Not because whether it works or not. It's because it's the truth. I believe it just because my father says so. That's my point. That, that's what it means by those who worship God and worship Him in spirit and in truth. Because it's who I am. Even if, uh, you know, Superman believes he can't fly. And then one day he goes and he can't. But the truth is he's Superman, he will fly. And then 10 people around him tell him, no, you can't fly. But the truth is you and I know that Superman, it's in his nature to fly. Now I'm telling you, it's not in your nature to lose anything. It's who you are. It's in your nature to have life and life more abundantly. It's in your nature to be a life-giving spirit. That's why you'll be surprised when you're depressed, you know, if you ever have. A son can't be depressed. You can only be depressed. A depre depression is just following some thoughts. You forgot your life-giving spirit. The remedy to depression, go and be a life-giving spirit to somebody else. Go and fill somebody up. It's because when you start filling, you become, because you've come back to your identity of a life-giving spirit. So it says, he who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. Jesus, the minute he heard about John the Baptist being beheaded, it says immediately he started going and just started going and healing some people and doing all ministry work. Immediately. He's a life-giving spirit. So are you. You and I are life-giving spirits. And you'll be surprised when you're having those thoughts, suddenly God will send somebody to fill. And you'll wonder why. It's because that's his, his way of fixing things. You're forgotten. You're listening to some thoughts coming into a death mindset. And now I want to come back into, hello, you're a life-giving spirit. You don't need a savior. You are the savior to others. You don't need saving. Something told you you need saving. You're believing some lies. Let me go and shift you. You're a life-giving spirit. Everything, if you're living in this world, you're going to have problems. But he has overcome everything. And even as you learn to rest, and don't forget you're a son. You're not quick to run after those problems. Just rest because all your problems are under your feet. Take two seconds out to remind yourself you're a son. You're not a human being. You're a son and everything is under my feet. You'll see those problems bow down to you. It is true. It is true. I've seen that happen. Even as I stop pursuing, because problems come and they sort of make you a slave. And then you have to remind yourself you're a son. You're the head. Everything is under my feet. And from that position, if you deal with certain things, you'll realize how they actually submit to you because it is Christ in you. And so you address those things just the way Christ addressed. He's not running after those things. He addresses all those things through his identity of who he is. He's, he believes and he speaks. Uh, you know, I'm going to do on Sunday the solution to all the problems. Right? How do you fix those things? And I'm going to address that on this Sunday. I'm taking that sermon. So you think the problem is outside, but actually the solution is in you. Okay? And you'll realize how even as you still yourself, those problems get fixed. So look at this. <clears throat> Uh, even so through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification for life. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, that is Adam's, so also by one man's obedience, that is Christ, many, you and me, will be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounds, grace abounds much more. So that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life, through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Okay, Colossians 1. Look at this. Your position of who we are. He has delivered us from the power of darkness. So the minute you got born again, like, you know, I shared about Bhavan's testimony. The minute he came into the kingdom, this is dying beloved who came into the kingdom. He had a dream in which God took him from one realm to another realm. The Bible says, I showed him this in the Bible, Colossians 1. He has delivered us from the power of darkness. That means the power of darkness. 
and convey us into the kingdom of the son of his love. So if he has delivered me from the power of darkness, that means it has no power over me because I have been delivered from the king, from one kingdom and I've come into the kingdom of the son of his love in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn that is Christ over all creation. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things and in him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church who is the beginning. I've done this teaching on being the head. Once you know that you're the head, you will not run after certain things. Because you remind yourself you're the head. You're the head means the head only decides everything. Now he is the head over all things. He is before all things and in him all things consist. He is the head and I'm one with him. That would make me the head. He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning. The firstborn from the dead. That in all things, he may have preeminence. You know what preeminence means? Means first place. If there's anyone who should have first place in anything that you're on, in your office place, in your workplace, in anything, the son should have the preeminence. Now, when I say that, I don't mean Christian. I don't mean disciple. I don't mean sheep. I mean son. If you know you're a son of his blood, that's your inheritance. How does a, receive, how does a son receive his inheritance? Just to, if he knows he's a son by the blood. How can a son not have his inheritance if no one told him he's a son? So all his life he thinks he's a slave. He lives like a slave. Okay? Look at this. Verse 19. For it pleased the father that in him all the fullness should dwell and by him to reconcile all things to himself by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace to the blood of his cross. And you who were once alienated and enemies in your mind, I told you, where is the separation? In our soul, in our mind. By wicked works, yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh, that means Christ's flesh, through death, to present you and me holy and blameless, above reproach in his sight. Read those words again. He has reconciled in the body of Jesus' flesh, through death, to present you and me holy and blameless, above reproach in his sight. When you look at your flesh, he is not seeing you as a sinner. You are a new creation. He sees you fully and blameless. Why? It's because Jesus was crucified in the flesh so that you and I in the flesh can be holy and blameless. Someone else paid the price. Holiness is a gift. Jesus had to be crucified in the flesh so that you and I are perfect before the Father. Absolutely blameless. If you are blameless, on what ground can you not receive the inheritance that the Father has for you? Every thought that comes to you, when it, you're pulling it down and bringing it to the captivity and obedience of Christ, that's what you're saying. Because everything comes to disqualify you at some level. And then you bring it down and saying, I'm a son of his blood. Christ's blood. Christ's blood makes me worthy to have all things. Now, from that position as a son, even when you think your flesh 
do stupid things. You can address them as a son. You don't allow certain things to reign in your body. Okay? Galatians 4. Look at this. Verse 26. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. That's it. I'm a son of God. Through faith in Christ Jesus. You believe in Christ, you become a son of God. For as many as you, as were baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. Why do we say we're a son? A son doesn't mean man, by the way. That's what the world would see as. A son is a son. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. There's neither male nor female. You are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Now four, very important. Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave. He compares a child to a slave. A child to a slave. You know, you don't tell children, don't play with knives. Sorry, you tell children, don't play with knives. You don't tell adults, don't play with knives. They don't play with knives. Okay? Look at this. Uh, now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave. Though he is a master of all, but is under guardians and stewards until the time appointed by the father. Even so we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. Slaves don't inherit. Sons inherit. In every area of your life, that's what the Holy Spirit is doing. He's bringing you out of a mind of slavery, into the mind of a son. You can be a slave to your emotions. Everything that pops up and then emotions just rule you. So you can, you, you don't know whether tomorrow you're going to have a good day or a bad day. You'll decide how I feel. Oh my God, your emotions rule you. Look at this again. This is a big truth. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. That means it's not a slave who is an heir of God. It's a son who is an heir of God. How do you inherit things? You inherit through sonship. And so what was God doing out of Egypt, bringing the children of Israel out of Egypt into the promised land? He was bringing them out of a mind of slavery for the longest time they've been under somebody. They've been slaves all their life. You've been slaves through the patterns of this world also. Been a slave to food, been a slave to things. And now he's bringing you to the mind of a son. And so in every area, that's what the Holy Spirit is doing. You know, I, when I was, I had no concept of like, I'm a new creation and things like that. Like first I had a supernatural encounter. I was miraculously healed. Yeah. In anorexia and everything left me. And then I was hearing some condemnation things. I just thought like now, you know, that's it. I should just walk miraculously. And then I started falling sick. I get, started getting symptoms. I, I never had this thing of like taking down thoughts or anything. I'd just be like, yeah, okay. You know, just live by it. And then I started getting sickness after sickness to the time. I just got so fed up. And I was like, what am I doing? Where is God? And then all I had was one dream where I just saw my eyes being darkened. That was it. And I saw myself as a slave. I had two dreams. 
I saw one dream I was sitting like a slave, like a beggar outside my house. I had two dreams and I wondered what. And then the Holy Spirit was telling me, wake up. And then even as first time in my life, I began to cooperate with the Holy Spirit, started taking truth, started reprogramming this mind, the soul of mine that had been partaken of the tree of knowledge of good and evil for the longest time. No church even told me that. And I started feeding my mind with life, with his truth, with sonship. I started coming from a slave back into the house. A son lives in the house forever. A slave abides outside. A son coming back home. I'm a son of his blood. It's not in my nature. I started not going by what I see. I started resting. Everything started, that resurrection life started just pushing everything out of my body. Okay? And I started walking in divine health. And it's the same in every area. He's bringing me out of a mind of a slavery into the mind of a son. A slave mind is sin conscious. A son knows his inheritance is by blood. That means, imagine what ground you stand on. I don't care what you've done. I don't care what you have done and how many times you've fallen. You need to know that one decision you made by making Jesus the Lord of your life, you came into the kingdom, you're a son of his blood. And that's every voice that tells you, I'm a son of his blood and that's why you choose, you will receive all the inheritance. By his blood. From that point on, you get, you tell me how it is not possible for you to walk like a son and to live like a son. Once you know you're a son of his blood, it's in your blood to be just like your father. And it's a spiritual truth. It's not a fleshly truth like, oh, this living blood in me. It's a spiritual truth. So I'm a spiritual being and everything that I see and understand, everything is by the spirit. And so it is with me. All things are spiritually discerned. Okay, look at this. Let's continue down and read that. <clears throat> uh, okay, therefore I am no longer a slave, neither are you, but a son, and if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. I told you for the longest time, you know, I had my emotions would rule me, and my days would go based on my emotions, and God started showing me the Holy Spirit started showing me you're such a slave to your emotions. And then I had to come back and to know I choose. Joy is who I am. He gave me joy. And so that's my position. And so anything that comes to steal my joy, no, no, no. Sorry. It's, uh, it's, a, a, it's a spirit. The spirit of joy is with me. And that's who I am. You take on and that's how you rest in your identity. Okay. Look at Romans 8.14. For as many as I led by the spirit of God, these are sons of God. What does it mean by led by the Spirit of God? You're allowing, now you're choosing to be dominated by the Spirit and not go by the flesh. Okay? As many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. For you did not receive the Spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the Spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, in, in Greek, is actually sons. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are sons of God. And if sons, then heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified with him. You're coming into sonship. The minute you come out of a mind of a slavery into the mind of a son, a mind of a son is righteousness consciousness. A mind of a son is life. It's not death. A mind of a son does not care because a son is fathered. You're coming, a slave worries because he has no father. He has to earn everything. A son inherits all things because he has a father you are your, your greatest privilege and my greatest privilege is that we get to have a father the same father that jesus had 
and just the way Jesus' life was finished, so is yours and mine. Okay? And the more you come into a mind of a son, your soul is getting saved. Guess what's happening? Now you're an heir of God and a joint heir with Christ. That's how you receive all things. Ephesians 1.3. Okay? Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. He's blessed us with everything in the spirit, because spirit is truth. So you don't have to think of how do I get from spirit to natural and all of that. No, your identity is that of spirit. Trust me, you just rest in it. Inheritance will follow you. You don't pursue your inheritance. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, which he made to abound towards us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of the times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on the earth in him. In him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, that we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. I'll explain all of this. In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of, the, of his glory. The Holy Spirit is in you, given to you that you might receive all things that have been allotted to you. And that's why you don't need to co-labor with people. Co-labor with the Holy Spirit in you. See what he's doing. 15, verse 15. Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, guess what he's praying? May give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. My eyes, Priya, wake up. He, he was not praying for me, you get healed. The Holy Spirit only said, Priya, wake up. And so this is what he's praying. The eyes of my understanding being enlightened. That means Adam's eyes that were shut and they opened into this carnal realm. Now, after you got born again, this physical eye needs to shut and that eye needs to open up. Okay, your spiritual eye. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. That's how I receive my inheritance. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet, and so they are under my feet. And gave me to be head over all things to the church, which is the body, the fullness of him, who fills all things in all. If you are the head, and all things are under your feet, that's why I always tell you, don't react so easily when you, you're a problem. Don't run after it. You're the head. Everything comes to tell you, you're not the head. And so the minute you run after it, guess what? You just became a slave. And slaves don't inherit. Sons inherit. And so in that time when you face a problem or someone says something, you take two seconds out not to be impulsive. 
Remind yourself you're the head, this thing is under my feet. I'm a son, I'm not a slave. I'm not gonna run after this. You hold your position, now you're the heir. And now you'll inherit. The resurrection life in you will go to work. Trust me, that very thing will submit to you because all things have already been conquered in Christ. By grace, Ephesians 2, and you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom we also once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive. That means we were dead. And what did God do when he became born again? He became alive. Together with Christ, by grace you have been saved and raised up together and made us sit in the heavenly places in Christ, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, least any much of boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand, just like Christ. Beforehand, your whole life is a finished work, that we should walk in them. 11, verse 11. Therefore, remember that you, once Gentiles in the flesh, who were called uncircumcision, and by and what is called the circumcision made in the flesh by hands, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Without God in the world. That's why, you know, when Jesus says, don't worry, the Gentiles worry because they have no God. But you have a heavenly father. That's why we don't worry. That's why we cast our cares because we get to have a father. Worrying is a sign of slavery. And then the more you worry, nothing happens. Nothing is getting fixed. You choose not to worry. It's a choice. Okay? But now, in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Verse 14. For he himself is our peace who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in his flesh, that means in Christ's flesh, the enmity that is the law of commandments contained in ordinances. That means you could never get right in this flesh. Even if you want to right now, you will never be able to get right with God in the flesh. Okay? So as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace, and that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and to those who were near. For through him, that is Christ, we both have access by one spirit to the Father. Verse 19. Now therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building being fitted together grows, grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being fully built together for a dwelling place of God in the spirit. 1 John 4, 17. I want to end with this. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. What do I want to come? I, I, I titled this message, I'm a new creation. I am a new creation. You died. It's all Christ in you. 
we began by saying God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Everything that God does is by his spirit. The natural man cannot understand it. That means my carnal mind will never be able to understand. Logic and reasoning will never be able to process. I am crucified with Christ. What? How is that even possible? What does that mean? But my flesh does stupid things. And, oh, and it just goes on and on and on and on. And then he just says, you just have to believe it because I say, say so. And so I do not let my carnal mind come and understand certain things because a carnal man cannot understand. But I have the spirit of understanding, the spirit of wisdom, the seven spirits, the spirit of counsel, the spirit of wisdom. They are the ones who quicken it. You and I are sons of God. We are sons of his blood. Let that be your foundation. Because once you know you're a son of his blood, the devil cannot touch you. Because he knows, this person knows his righteousness is based that means his sonship is based, he's a son of his blood. It's the simplicity of Prince William being born by blood and he inherit. And the more you're secure as a son of his blood, trust me, you're just like your father. Your inheritance flows, everything flows from there. And now, what does it mean to be a son of his blood? A son of his blood, now I start allowing the Holy Spirit who's convicting me of righteousness and opening up the Bible. It says God is spirit and then God is true. That means spirit is true. Now he's refeeding me. All I'm doing is reprogramming the soul of mine, getting renewed, getting confirmed into the image of the spirit man in me. That separated mind coming into unity. Oh, it's all Christ in me. I have one heart, his heart. And when I see certain things in the flesh, I put them to death. But I don't allow them to tell me who I am. But from a place of knowing that I'm a son of his blood, now the spirit man in you has taken dominion. It's going to take over that whole soul of yours. And that's what's happening. Even as that soul is getting renewed and conformed to the image of his son, all those trials and everything, guess what's happening in them? You're getting conformed to the image of his son. I told you, you know, that uh, if you think you're in a storm, for Jesus, there are no storms. They don't matter. He doesn't pray storm, go away. Jesus sleeps in the storm. So I look at my life and I see where are the storms and why are these storms? Because for a son, there shouldn't be a storm. It doesn't matter to me. It doesn't matter if COVID is there. It's not in my nature. You already laid hands on some people and heal them also. But for some, it might be a storm. And that's where that spirit is, your soul is getting conformed to the image of the sun in you. It's because you think, you, you think like the world and so it, it overwhelms you. And then you come and you take on your identity as a son. Hey, the law of the spirit of life in Christ has made me free from the law of sin and death. I have the law of life in me. So wherever I go, I'm resurrection life. Right? You get scared is because what is fear? Fear is just amplified thoughts raising themselves up in front of you that you've not taken down. And so you bring them to the obedience of Christ. We've been given some things to do. And so you're, as a son, a son, the minute you got born again, you become one spirit. And now that Holy Spirit is in you doing something is conforming that soul that divided mind that soul of yours bringing it into oneness disciplining it training it bringing into you the unity of the spirit in you and so your job is to look it in the word and so i want you to say i'm a life-giving spirit i'm not a carnal person i'm a spiritually minded person i set my minds on things above i am just like my father i'm a new creation all things have passed away. All things have become new. My bloodline doesn't come from my mom and my parents. I have a spiritual bloodline. And even as you start believing and resting in it, 
trust me, all of that resurrection life, everything of the kingdom is going to work. Even as you still yourself, the more you grow as a son, the more you grow as a son, the more you realize, you know, I just don't read, I'm the head. I take one whole day or maybe one whole week to process, I'm the head, I'm the head, I'm the head. What does that even mean, I'm the head? All principalities and powers. And I wonder why so many people fighting against certain things, if they're all under my feet. Because then it will make you more still. Then it will make you, just because you hear certain things and just because the whole world does certain things in a certain way, doesn't mean you have to do it. And you read the word and you still yourself and then suddenly cancer disappears. Because you know what you did? You didn't run after it like a slave. You work up that you're a son. And so if you're a son, then you're an heir. A slave doesn't inherit. A son inherits. The simplicity of knowing that you're a son. And everything comes to tell you that you're not a son. And that's why you have to learn to rest. That I'm a son of his blood. Just because other people are doing it doesn't mean it's the right way. Remind yourself that you're a son. You'll see victory and then you're just going out and fixing things. You're not running after every fire, bushfire that you see. But they're all illusions, you know. You don't just steal yourself. You're a new creation. We are spiritual beings. God is spirit and so I am a spirit. I do not go by my carnal realm, by my sense realm. I do not need logic and processing, the mind of reasoning that Adam fell into. No, I'm led by the spirit of God. That means the word is spirit. The word is truth. And so if the word says this, then so it is. The word is a mirror. I'm not transforming in front of a mirror. The word tells me who I am. And even as that soul is getting adopted, that's what it means. Those who are led by the spirit. That means that the Holy Spirit has come in you. It's there to do a work. Allow him to do it. And that mind of yours is getting renewed. That untrained, undisciplined, unruly mind is coming into dominion of the spirit in you. Those emotions that are crazy, they're coming into... The Holy Spirit is there to make you a son there. Not a slave. And every area of your life that you've been a slave in, he's bringing you into the dominion of a son. And guess what? Inheritance follows sonship. The more you're waking up as a son in that area, your inheritance will effortlessly follow. All the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ. In Christ. So you don't follow the promises. You'll wake up to them. All you're doing is you become partakers of the divine nature through the promises. So you, I find my identity. I see the promise. What's oh, not my nature to lose. I rest. That's it. Everything comes to tell me you're not it. And I just rest. I hold that position. I'm not fighting. This is who I am. And then after some time, all things are conforming to that identity in me. Everything. It's the truth of who you are. Okay? And that's what sonship is. So let's just close in prayer. Uh, say this prayer after me. Uh, just the way you give a spiritual tithe. Uh, uh, a tithe in the natural. Uh, this is a spiritual tithe. For all the revelation and increase that has come into your soul. Into your mind. Okay? You're just going to bring a tithe to it. A spiritual tithe to your father. So just say this after me. Father, I'm a son in your kingdom. Jesus you are my high priest. And right now I offer a spiritual time of all the increase that you've given to me, of all the life that you've added to my soul. And now we just worship you with it. And just start praying in tongues. Holy Spirit, I just thank you for this word. I thank you that it's gone deep into their souls. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for what you're doing in each of our lives. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that right now we are waking up to who we are. That the eyes of a spiritual understanding are awakening and we're receiving our inheritance. Even as we're coming out of the mind of a slave into the mind of a son. 
I thank you, Holy Spirit, and I ask you that you will show us every area that the devil has kept, up, kept us in slavery. We've been in slavery, and you, Holy Spirit, we co-labor with you to wake us up, wake us up in that area, conform us to the mind of a son in that area. And I thank you for all the Americans. I thank you that each one listening is a son by your blood and receive all things, our divine nature, our divine health, all our inheritance, because we are sons of your blood. By your blood, Jesus, we are worthy to receive all things. I thank you that we cast our worries because we have you, Father, as our Father. We are new creations, new species, one with Christ. As you are, so are we in this world. We are just like you, Jesus. I thank you. We rest in it. I thank you, Father.